Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey, welcome back to the podcast Behind the Scenes with Brian. I'm your host, and today I'm joined with my longtime friend, Bill Sincilla. Bill Sincilla and I go way back, and Bill, why don't you just introduce yourself to the listeners and tell people a little bit about your um, early years and your education. Yeah, uh, back in the way back machine, as Brian said, Brian, thanks for the opportunity to talk to you uh, this morning. Um, uh, just a little bit of history is that, you know, both of my uh, grandparents were, were uh, immigrant immigrant miners uh, from Slovakia. A lot of my uncles on my mom's side were, were also uh, miners. My dad was a metallurgical engineer, a GI Bill guy, and um, he used to have, um, he used to have uh, these uh, college reunions every June, and one of his best friends was a professor of geology at uh, Dartmouth named Bob Reynolds, and he came to our house in my, I think it was the, the junior year in high school, and he talked about, you know, interest in earth science and that sort of thing. And at that point, my dad flat asked him, he said, well, you know, where should I send this guy to college? And he said, send him to the Colorado School of Mines. So I knew what School of Mines was, and as a junior in high school in Pennsylvania. So um, 1973, I, I was accepted. I sight unseen, I got in a got on an airplane for the first time in my life and off to far off <laughs> Colorado. And after uh, four years in the monastery there and graduating, I, uh, I worked in exploration for a year and then I made the decision to uh, head back to graduate school back at Penn State to work with uh, Z.T. Banyovsky, who is a uh, world uh, rock mechanics expert on, on a fellowship. So, of course, I took that, took that up, spent two and a half years there in Happy Valley. After I graduated, um, my goal was to work in rock mechanics. So I went to work with a firm called D'Apollonia in New Mexico. And uh, within a month there of no rock mechanics work, as promised, uh, they sent me on my first tailings assignment. So I, uh, that was my introduction to mine tailings at the time. I knew nothing about tailings. Little did I know that that was gonna become a part of my life's work eventually. So I sought an escape from that by joining a German coal mining company and working in the US and Germany for about a year and a half. But the bottom fell out of mining in 82 and uh, my position went that way and that's when I joined the Bureau of Mines and that's where I met you, Brian. So uh, that same year I got married, 35 years actually uh, coming up, my anniversary's coming up on the first. So it's interesting that your friendship and my marriage are, are intimately tied together in terms of timing. So um, yeah, that, anyway, that, that is. A, a, afterwards, I, um, I left the Bureau of Mines and uh, went to work for Night Peacehold, again, drawing me back into the tailings world. You soon follow me and the rest is history from your end. So um, my uh, career after that pretty much followed the uh, Follow the consulting field. I had uh, various senior positions. The uh, longest tenure I, I had was with uh, Golder and Golder Paystech, uh, and then with TRC. And uh, most recently, um, went to work for Chesapeake Gold as our in engineering manager, managing all the engineering on the Matates project in Mexico. 
And uh, that ended in 2016, and that's about the same time that uh, the next phase of my life in uh, in tailings uh, started up. So that's about my uh, it's about my early career. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, are, do you still have any ties to the Matates project? I have uh, very little ties. Um, that project was shelved, and uh, I moved on. And as I understand, uh, they're still not doing much down there. It's a large world-class, uh, you know, typical, uh, you know, Canadian junior with a big asset that they, uh, they can't seem to move. Uh, but mm. uh, still, it was a very interesting project. Uh, one of the things that kept me busy for almost 10 years there was the fact that uh, it was so large and so complicated. There was literally every facet of a mining development uh, that was wrapped into that project. You know, it had its own desal plant for water, a dedicated power plant, a 90 kilometer long uh, uh, concentrate pipeline, some of the largest autoclaves in the world, a 120,000 ton a day sort of gold mine. So uh, everything was larger than life and it, and it gave me a lot of exposure to um, how these big projects are, uh, are prosecuted. So it was, it was, a, it was a good uh, professional experience, but uh, it didn't come to fruition in the way that uh, I had thought. But as one door closes, another door opens up and uh, went on to the next chapter and, uh, and was able to uh, move my career and, uh, and my future to where it is right now. Hmm. Good, good. And now, yeah, it's uh, too bad that that project didn't go anywhere. I know there's a lot of uh, toil and sweat that went into that uh, and, and a lot of capital as well. Um, but now you're with a company called Nova Metallics. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting story. You know, I and as as, as you well know, we we've had these conversations over the years that we worked on the service side of the tailings component of, of mining, the, the waste component of mining development, and it it always was sort of like uh, it was viewed through the perspective for most companies as. Uh, just a total liability. There, there was, there was no asset value there. And over the years, right. yeah, I began to convince myself that this absolutely was not true. And um, and so through associations and through kind of my knowledge of some historic uh, mining districts, what you know, what I was able to conclude was that uh, companies, um, you know, reprocess waste over the years. There's nothing new about it. But, um, and, and I tried to sort of rationalize in my own mind why companies with these vast assets at, at their disposal, um, no pun intended there, uh, would be, um, would, be uh, would opt to uh, completely overlook them. And, and this is endemic in the industry. I mean, there's opportunistic cases where people will, will process tails here or, or use, use it as a foothold to generate some uh, free cash flow to uh, you know go back underground or re refurbish a refurbish an old operation, but no one's really uh, focused on uh, historic tailings as an asset class. And when you do the research, what you find is that there are literally hundreds of thousands of these deposits uh, just in the Americas. Uh, that's the legacy of more than 400 years of metal mining. Was the old guys threw this away, and um, it really didn't start to accumulate as a substantial um, something that you would 
take a close look at until the advent of bulk mining in the, in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Before then, things were very high grade. They didn't really produce a lot of waste. But as you know, mm. modern milling and, and larger scale mining uh, you know, started to take hold, the volumes of those deposits, particularly ones produced from, let's say, the 1880s up until the World War II time, fairly substantial in the grades that they mined. And even with the uh, recoveries, even good recoveries at those times, they, uh, they threw away a, a lot of valuable material in these wastes. And so we, uh, a group of, uh, of uh, partners and I uh, got together and formed Old Metallics in, in 2015, 2016 timeframe with the express purpose of trying to build a portfolio of these assets uh, identify those that were the, um, you know, the, the highest value and the highest potential returns. And then, um, you know, eventually to um, access some, some financing, you know, build the company and then to put one or more of these into uh, production and gradually scale them over time so that we could actually demonstrate that we could be, uh, you know, a sustainable producer of, uh, of metals. So that started in 2016 and we struggled a lot in our first two years. We managed to bootstrap a couple small projects in Arizona. One of them, the San Eloy project, which is a silver rich historic tailing deposit, relatively small. We've been able to advance that one all the way through feasibility. And uh, we're now uh, looking at um, uh, lining up a capital finance uh, within the next 45 to 60 days that should put that project into production, you know, sometime in the third quarter of next year. But uh, the whole thing is built on the premise that these are overlooked, undervalued, and really underappreciated assets. And our whole story is really about aggregating um, these into substantial uh, resources and then and then um, uh, linking up with uh, you know a qualified operator partner and and accessing capital financing to take them all the way to commissioning and we've been pretty successful most recently with uh, developing a business relationship with a south african company called uh, Tugelo mining and minerals and uh, led by their managing director fred bibby they they've got six operating plants there another one coming online early next year and a successful history of operating solely tailings reprocessing plants um, which was what we found to be extremely unique as a business and extremely complementary to what we were doing because our, our real core assets internally are uh, identifying uh, building resources and taking them through the feasibility stage and not necessarily uh, taking them through the EPCM into the plant commissioning and then eventually into operations. So that was a major milestone uh, for us recently and that's a, uh, an actively developing uh, relationship but in all places, you know, South Africa and all places, um, you know, being totally focused on tailings. Uh, so we're, we're, uh, right. we're it was a unique a unique marriage and uh, that's where we sit today but uh, in, uh, in 20, 2018 we were able to to attract a pretty significant outside investment that really allowed us to launch the company in a big way and um, right now we've got a couple larger um, uh, projects that we are developing in Mexico 
Uh, we've got a, a really active pipeline in the U.S. And, uh, and we look to these public-private partnerships as a way of accessing some of these historic waste that you know, never made it to the Superfund or something like this, but uh, are generally unnoticed um, as a way of creating value for the public, creating value for our shareholders. And then with the sort of the triple bottom line on top of all that is to, you know, uh, be able to do these things uh, literally uh, with no uh, cost to the public. And uh, this project in Arizona, St. Eloy, we're demonstrating that right now with a, um, the, there are unpatented claims on BLM land and our plan of operations includes removing the tailings from the, pro, from the public lands, um, moving them to a nearby private site where we're going to build our plant process and then create a downstream residue that's clean enough that can be uh, sold as a construction material. So, well, that's, that's, that's great. So not only are you, are you uh, generating revenue uh, by reprocessing, you're also able in some cases to do some environmental cleanup and stabilize the tailings in a more environmentally friendly way than they had been before. Yeah, we call that what we refer to it internally is kind of like an intended consequence of what we do. I mean, we don't we don't make the claim to be a remediation company, but certainly the the natural consequences for us to if you look at the current status of a deposit versus the status that it would have even if we were to replace it back and reclaim it uh, and store it to modern standards on the same site, um, that's uh, you know. That, that's kind of an, a, a set of circumstances, but it's really what we what we call once again is our the intended consequences of uh, of what we do. So uh, it's 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 not on the front end. I mean, obviously, we we select very carefully the deposits that we're going to be um, bringing into out of our pipeline and uh, as as active projects in our investment pipeline. And so we, we choose very carefully those that are only going to have the highest returns uh, just as a, as, a, as a yardstick. You know, a good mining project these days that's grassroots, you know, might have returns, after-tax returns in the 25% sort of uh, range. And uh, we simply won't move anything to the investment stage in our internal protocols unless those returns are in excess of 75% and they're out there. And the interesting thing is that that a, a lot of the assets that we're dealing with have grades that are much higher than new discoveries. And uh, and mm. the, the, the truth is that all the hard work's already been done. And as as an example of of sort of like the the sustainable part of our story is that the actual energy footprint. If you look at silver, for instance. Uh, we recently had a study completed by an outside company who took 10 uh, operating silver mines in Mexico and looked at the entire energy footprint of the production of an ounce of silver. And we compared that to one of our active projects, a silver rich one. And it was amazing to discover that the amount of energy that was is used to create um, that ounce of silver from these historic tailings is about 10% or less of what the life cycle energy consumption is for that same ounce of silver from a grassroot. And so, oh, amazing. Amazing. And so when you look at the life cycle too as well, the timeline is so compressed from discovery to production 
for historic tailing. I mean, I think average last year in, in the world, the average from discovery to production is something like 13 years. We're, we're looking at, at maybe 24 to 36 months and the discovery costs are, are nil. I mean, most of this information's in the public record. And um, what we're simply doing is um, sifting out the best of the best, uh, building them into our portfolio, getting control of them, and then making systematic investments to, uh, to monetize them, you know, with the help of, you know, a qualified operator and access to, uh, to capital, capital financing. So it's a, um, it's a, and it's a exciting uh, opportunity for, you know, myself and, and two, two of the other core um, uh, technical um, partners in, in the Nove Metallics uh, founders, uh, might be uh, recognizable names to people. Sergio Rivera, who, who runs all of our international work, particularly that in Latin America, and Doug Charlton, who's, a, uh, who's our uh, senior vice president of uh, geoscience. But we're building an organization with a, uh, uh, let's say, a lot of close associates that, with relationships that we've built up for specialist consultants in fields like uh, in uh, geochemistry and metallurgy, um, you know, uh, all all the associated engineering uh, disciplines, and and they and that's a result of this you know sort of long, long buildup of, of uh, you know sort of like this career experience with you know trusted advisors and friends um, that, that that become part of this uh, collective story that we hope to be successful with over the uh, over the next uh, months and years to come. So uh, oh, that's, we're, yeah, that's we're great. very excited, uh, you know, Brian. And, and in fact, there's a uh, most recently we have uh, we're, we're, we're going to be uh, moving kind of in a new era uh, soon uh, and hoping to make an announcement within the next 45, 60 days uh, for a new joint venture that's going to uh, really increase our critical mass and, and uh, most importantly, give us additional access to capital for development and plant construction without going out into that, without having to go out into that jungle that's out there in the uh, capital financing for new mining. <laughs> uh, it's a very, yeah. very difficult road to hoe. So anyway, we're, yeah, that- we're, all, we're all excited and we're growing and, and frankly, we're looking for, uh, we're looking for talent as well. So um, that's that, that's great and yeah that uh, very encouraging and I'll for sure invite you back after that announcement is made so we can uh, find out more about that. Yeah, very good. No, so we're no, really cool. No, I, I would be I would be um, uh, derelict if if um, you know this is a it's a, this is a long journey this this whole thing with uh, you know sort of my career and tailings and yours are are intimately. Uh, uh, connected together, but I got to say that there were a lot of people along the way that really had a great influence in my in my career, and and uh, both encouraging, uh, you know, going along the way. Almost too too many names to mention, but if you mm. pop pop into mind some of which uh, which you might know, my you know my five, my Penn State advisor who passed away two years ago, unfortunately, CT. Uh, Ray Statham, you remember him from the Bureau of Mines, uh, you know, Don, right. Don East from the old uh, days, Dirk Funziel, yep. and uh, David Londrio, who's also uh, passed on. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, critical for me was my uh, wife, who saw me through some really difficult times and kind of sticking with this uh, 
line of work for uh, for so many years. So she's been my anchor, um, and uh, can't really say too no, much about that as well. Like I said, thirty. Oh, that's great. You and I are uh, <laughs> we're coming up on a milestone <laughs> together. Our friendship and <laughs> my marriage uh, the weather the storm for thirty five years somehow, my friend. So I'm yeah, that's that's great. That's great. And Bill, it looks like we're out of time. I really appreciate being you sharing your time on the program and look forward to talking to you next time. Yeah, absolutely. The- and uh, you, you all know where to get a hold of me. And uh, for those yeah. German speakers who are uh, in the audience, click off and uh, we'll look forward to the next time. Thank you again, Brian. Really <laughs> all right. Talk to Great. You. Thanks. Bye Thanks, now. Bill. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.